All right. What's going on, gang? Uh, welcome to the Wine Cellar. I am William J. Jackson. This is WineCellarMedia.com. Um, this podcast is the Black Podcast with Wine Cellar Media. Started out as Father Teresa's Wine Cellar in 2012. And right now we are in acceleration year and this corona shit slowed it down and then accelerated it. Um, where's that podcast been? Where are those episodes been at? They've been going to masks. Like, of course, the um, the work, you know, working in the factory is going to hurt the podcast. Um, the overtime hours uh, last year was 10 consecutive months of mandatory six day weeks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can really you can really roast some time uh, dealing with uh, work. But then the Corona shit really hurt things. Because uh, then work like, oh, we got to do this extra hour here. That one there. Stay late here. Coming early. The overtime got weird. But now um, masks are running out. Like I, I snagged 150 masks from work and um, we proceeded to socialize them via a, um, a Facebook post. Um, that was a friends only post because it's like, OK, like a thousand people follow my uh, page and it's public if I make it public, then we'll end up getting overwhelmed. But with making it a friends-only post, like some comrades that were like, you know, they message a nigga, hey, cuz, I need a mask, you know, okay, uh, you know, safe address to send it to, like workplace or, you know, something like that. Uh, send the address, uh, send the mask there with their name on it. And they got their shit. Um, last ones we sent to my biological uh, sister in Florida. Uh, got a grocery store job recently. And uh, they have no mask for her there. So we're uh, gearing her up. That's on the way. Uh, Sent that yesterday. Right now it's 3.44 a.m. April 14th, 2020. And this shit's coming from the Wine Cellar Media Fund. And folks are hitting up. Like, folks that hit up the PayPal now, um, I'm less likely to put that toward Wine Cellar shit. More likely to put that toward masks. Like, I want to have enough masks on hand. Or at least like masks in circulation, like masks that are on the way to us. So I want to have masks on hand and masks on the way to us so that um, I can post publicly. That's what I'm gunning for. And I guess I could say that's activism. And so for acceleration year, wine sellers become an activist outlet. And so um, that will also be discussed on the program is what we're doing, how we're doing it. That matters, right? Um, From the Wine Cellar Media Fund, from folks hitting it up, we were able to invest toward a sewing machine, uh, help Venus Kalita get that thing set up. She did most of the setting up because she already understands those machines. Like I work with um, larger uh, packaging machines. Like, you know, machines, they like a lot of these have the same functioning. There's a motor here, and it makes this part move, and it moves for this purpose. And if it doesn't move for that purpose, then a component is out of whack, <laughs> right? Like, there's, um, there is a general universality to machinery, but that is um, smaller machinery. I want to call it micro, but I know, you know, like a wristwatch is an even smaller piece of machinery, you know. All right, so we got that thing set up. Venus Kalita did complete a, a an individual mask. She's using a shoelace and um, fabric that was also got with the Wine Cellar Media Fund. 
you know, and, um, and right now it's the 14th of the month, so we'll come back around to, uh, Patreon, that's also Wine Cellar Media Fund, and, uh, first we'll knock out the bills, (coughs) excuse me, you know, knock out the internet bill that allows us to connect to people, (coughs) smartphone bill, which is also internet connection, allows us to connect with people while we're not at home to a, uh, ground connection and um the podcast bills for swapcast and the the black the black podcast and we'll knock those out and then proceed to uh to get more masks or more i guess not more mask making equipment i can't so i don't know how and then i also you know i bang so many hours out at the factory all right, and then Phoenix Kalita is also um, with the organization Swap, and is applying for a different position there. Though right now that's on freeze because of the the virus. So right now Phoenix is just doing her job as a board member and multiple committee member. Right, right. All right. So um, let's go on a little ride here. Right, it's three forty-seven a.m. I need to be out the door by five a.m. So I do need upload time, editing time, and whatnot. But let's take a look at this here. This is on 9news.com.au. And by .au, I think they're talking about Australia here. Oh, excuse me. And what I'm seeing here is um, landlords asking for sex instead of rent. Oh, excuse me. I am disgustable. Mm. Asking for sex instead of rent during COVID-19 crisis. And this one up April 10th. Right now it's April 14th. And so a uh, government agency at the um, U.S. state of Hawaii has reported an increase in the number of women reporting landlords asking for sexual favors in exchange for rent. The Hawaii State Commission... On the uh, status of women noted, um, <clears throat> commission on the status of women. Okay, so they have a, a Hawaii State Commission on the status of women. I hope that I hope that's staffed up responsibly, right? Like it's not a bunch of men that are like, so how are we treating the broads as of late? <clears throat> All right, uh, Dave, you did you did you smack your broad, huh? We are men talking about the status of women. And I hope it's progressively staffed at that. Um, so this uh, this commission, they noted more cases being reported, suggesting that landlords are preying on tenants' financial stress during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, due to recent layoffs and furloughs, only 69% of U.S. renters were able to make rent on April 1st. Right, so, um, right there, it like two sentences, right? Capitalism is inherently ableist, <clears throat> capitalism is inherently coercive, like, capitalism is to be held hostage, and like now you're being held hostage, and it's like held hostage at what? Well, at a painful, slow, very uncomfortable fucking death. Right, a homeless death in the winter, in the summer, any other time, being attacked for being homeless by you know sadistic people, B- 
being arrested, beat to death for being homeless by police, shot to death. Uh, what the um, you know, like these states that criminalize homelessness in ways like you can't have a shopping cart here, uh, you can't have a tent here. <coughs> you know, um, anything left lying around, we're having um community cleanup, pick it up and throw it all in the garbage. You know, kind of criminalizing folks' homelessness, right? You can't, um, no one can be within this many feet of this park. You can't lay down on a bench, you know, criminalizing homelessness. So you're held at the threat of your existence becoming criminalized, if not already. Right? Like on some level, like if you're, um, if you're a, uh, a person that can get pregnant, you're already criminalized. You know, especially um, with our uh, our conservatives and Republicans out here. And so what can they do with that coercion and capitalism? Make you work, make you labor, you know, make you seriously damage yourself. I'm working with somebody who um, went from like twenty eight, twenty nine dollars an hour. And now they're coming into a fourteen dollar an hour job because their previous one, they got hurt. And because why did they get hurt? Lifting some super heavy shit. Why were they lifting that super heavy shit? They were at the threat of becoming homeless and criminalized inherently. Well, what, what else you could force folks to do? Uh, sexual contact. Right? Like, um, like human beings that are not asexual. You know, because asexual folks exist. Let's not pretend niggas ain't out there and shit. But human beings that are not um, are asexual uh, folks might enjoy sex right not coerced not rape so that's capitalism coerced like even if they say okay i'll do this for that that person's not having a good time too and quite frankly that makes me think that that any landlord doing that i i suspect rapist i'm pretty sure that femme folks are like well welcome to the club yes yeah, I'm just I'm I'm showing up late maybe here because they want to have contact with someone who isn't going to enjoy it or else these tenants or maybe they have. We don't know. This is the only story we have on it. But this would have already been in the news from tenants saying, dude, all our landlords think we want to date them or just have a casual fling with them. All of them. What the fuck is happening? But it's like they see this and they're like, oh, yeah, I can get sex with someone that doesn't want it with me is what I, I, I think is the um the sadism behind this type of shit and here I am two sentences into the article <laughs> we were able to take this up to 11 minutes how why the um yeah so that that's what I think these guys I think you know it's some rape culture shit maybe I'm speaking for people that are not in the audience that uh that might tune in and be like whoa william what's this rape culture right there um they move forward with the article on nine uh due to recent layoffs and furloughs only 69 percent of u.s renters were able to make rent on april 1st uh because we are essential workers well me i'm an essential worker because I package Sour Patch Kids and can drive a Skyjack. Ooh. Uh, fucking, uh, we were able to, uh, make rent and, um, and because, uh, 
uh, Phoenix Kalita with uh, with Swap and because of the wine cellar, we were able to uh, not be not homeless for another month. Neat. Uh, Article continues. Um, Immigration attorney Kevin Block uh, says that instead of asking for rent, some landlords are asking for other arrangements and even sending graphic sexual images when female tenants ask about rent. Now, so far, again, I'm not seeing them saying they were doing this before that. And then that's the cold shit, like... How can anyone who's not a cis man ever trust a cis man? Because this was always, if they're doing it now, it was always in their head. So every time they looked at you, they were thinking that shit. They were so ready for this moment. Every, the moment they came in contact with you, they were thinking about this fucking moment. Shit, for some, that might be why they um uh, t- uh, took them on as a renter, right? They may not have made three times the rent, may not have qualified, may not have hit the credit check or the, the background criminal check, but they were like, maybe, maybe I can coerce or rape this one. Because, boom, they're doing it now. Shit didn't take a year. How long this COVID shit ain't been cracking off in the, you know, national news and become a household thing for that fucking long? That shit ain't take fucking 15 years for them niggas to develop that. They were always rape culturists, probably rapists. High probability. Uh, This um, article continues. Uh, Kara Jaboli, and that's uh, K-H-A-R-A-J-A-B-O-L-A, Kara Jabola, Jabola, um, and Carolis, the executive director of the Hawaii State Commission on the Status of Women, because I know the English language it looks like a fem name. I don't know. Um, I don't know what language that name is from. Uh, they say that uh, sexual harassment by landlords makes it hard for women to shelter in place. Also, yeah, like the fucking land. You don't know if the fucking landlord is isolating. So they want to rape, potentially give an STD, potentially cause an unwanted pregnancy, potentially um, murder you by corona. Or maybe even murder you just because men do that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, verbatim quote from, um, oh, it says here, Ms. Jabola says, um, there was no plan up front to prepare for the physical and sexual violence from the combination of shelter in place, lost income, and systemic sexism. Well, niggas, let's do that sentence again. There was no plan up front. All right. There was no plan for this. All right. And this is in Hawaii, Americanized, colonized, invaded, turned into a little capitalist, you know, like a little capitalist funhouse island. Right. Like we covered that story where that um, that cis white woman uh, went there and like damaged knocked over some sacred rocks that were in this like sacred formation just fucked them all up ha 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 i knocked them over with my ass by sitting on it man we covered that shit a couple years ago i mean i was like a few weeks or maybe like just a month or so after i landed in um illinois we covered that so i think i remember actually doing the show notes like in a fucking mcdonald's (laughs) with my my fucking french fries Ah, 
All right, so in a society that was set up this way, which is a society that's going to have white supremacy, patriarchy, rape culture, a society set up under that had no plan up front to prepare for physical and sexual violence. Now, I do get what this individual is saying, but I would say it did have a plan up front. The plan up front was for the um these men to uh, see a situation like this and be ready to take advantage of it. It was clearly their plan. We just saw that earlier in the article. So there is a plan from the sadistic side. There's a plan from the... um the male violence side from the misogynistic side from the capitalist side from the let's do harm for the sake of harm side um and now the sentence again it's going there was no plan up front to prepare for the physical and sexual violence from the combination of shelter in place which again shelter in place so stay in one spot well let's look at um Domestic violence. Right? What the hell are the cats doing out there? Hey, stop that. Stop doing that noise. I don't know what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> but like domestic violence and what, what has come up with this um, corona shit. Where it's like, well, what about people that are shelter in place with, with a, a, an, an, abusive <clears throat> an abusive partner, boyfriend, husband? You know, there may be... There may, there may, there might be some cases of a cis man and a cis woman where the cis man is the victim. That's not really what the wine cellar covers. I'm sure that there's a uh, men's rights activist outlet that's all over that. Yeah, the fuck right. You know, but I I, I don't doubt it exists, but uh, I don't see it much. I don't know of it much. If it's there and I'm missing it, and it's major, let it see known. But most likely a cis man is harming someone, right? Or there may be folks in, um, you know, uh, same same gender, same sex, you know, together, you know, and, and there might be an abuser there, right? So that right there, you're like, you're sheltered in place. If you just cohabitate with someone, you're going to be there a lot or, you know, capitalism is going to have you at work a lot, but you're going to be there a lot. That's where you fucking sleep. <clears throat> and typically, boom, right in the same bed with abuser. <clears throat> so like like that again, that's already baked into the society. That's already normalized in. This is more intensified and definitely with the ex- the very existence of landlords already set you up for this to happen. Abolish landlords is one thing you could do as far as getting rid of things like this, but you got to get rid of a whole lot of capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy. You got to abolish all that shit. Um, So the sentence goes, there was no plan up front to prepare for the physical and sexual violence from the combination of shelter in place, lost income and systemic sexism. Uh, Yes, from a progressive point, there was nothing in place to help people from being harmed and there still isn't and there never will be as long as we're in a a system premised as this one is premised as it is like the most that we can do 
as long as it's never going to be completely abolished and overturned, is help each other on small levels. Like, again, what we're doing, like, we can help get some masks out, right? The folks at Swap can, um, you know, get some supplies to uh, get supplies that sex workers need out at the street level and whatnot. You know, um, you might get a candidate running that wants to get some folks some Medicare for all or get you, you know, a 15 bucks an hour, which and I get like there's folks out there like me, like I might like what I make in uh, hourly is in the teens and we're still poor. <laughs> like so 15 bucks an hour isn't even that much. And I get where he's coming at that with it's like 15 bucks an hour with no overtime is going to get you probably over 30,000 a year and if you have two people in one household getting 30,000 a year that's a 60,000 a year household if they're doing overtime it's going to be like 80,000 a year household but man that shit is still going to be poor and especially as long as landlords exist if wages go up rent goes up like you think landlords aren't watching that shit it's like how fucking um, rapist um, abusers saw Sester Foster and sex workers said straight up publicly that like clients are like, yeah, I get to do what the fuck I want now on, on that type shit because they know that now your revenue is going to get your revenue took a hit. So now all you got is me and these other grimy motherfuckers, man. Listen. All right. Move forward with this article on 9news.com.au. Another quote, she says, um, we need to get the information on rights and resources out as fast and wide as we can. There is help. Yes, let's help them. But this is like this coronavirus. This is one cut and this is one bandaid that you're trying to get right. Trying to get one bandaid for one cut. When it's like. You're, they're still in the dangerous area and the dangerous area is that in which you have to exist in a society with landlords got to get rid of the landlords the landlords are the day and it's just going to be more cuts right capitalism's always going to have a damn cut it's going to shit man we're talking recession we're going we're going to see a goddamn depression shit's going to get fucking cold out there man <clears throat> um an online guide was created by Hawaii by the Hawaii State Commission for women if they are victimized by a landlord. The commission will offer guidance on the emergency rent assistance and will also be keeping a database of bad landlords. God damn. So is this even a band-aid they're seeking? Or is this more of like a fucking uh here's a, a piece of tissue will wet it <laughs> here's a wet piece of tissue wipe it until the bleeding stops and scabs up a bit <laughs> holy shit really it will offer guidance on emergency rent assistance so pay the abusers and then keep a database of bad landlords but don't abolish the landlords don't get rid of them don't turn that housing over to a um a governing body or a um a woman led or or you know feminist leaning 501c3 organization 501c4 organization no don't do that but just tell people hey 
you know how you don't have a place to live, but you have enough to, um, to, you know, put down a down payment and, uh, and start paying rent and you have a job so you can keep paying rent. Well, here's this bad landlord, sexual abuser, that or homeless. So, I mean, who's like, if there's a landlord out there that isn't the bad one, (laughs) but if there's a landlord out there that hasn't thought about, um, uh, practicing rape culture in that capacity, and they see this among landlord communities, they're gonna be like, "Oh fuck, I can do that." Wait, so I can do that? So and then so what? What and what's the consequence? Either I get what I want sexually, rapeually. Either I get what I want in that that way as a result, or I just still get my rent paid to me. Holy shit! There's no downside. There's literally no downside for the landlord. My name ends up in a database. Shit, that's just a fucking that that's a that's a hot locker high five club. Jesus fucking Christ. This society is fucked, yo. Um the article continues, 9news.com.au. Um, anyone victimized by a landlord should file a complaint. Normally, tenants uh, would have 180 days to report the incident uh, to the Hawaii Civil Rights Commission. That's HCRC, Hawaii Civil Rights Commission, which takes jurisdiction unless it's a federally funded entity. What? Wait a second. What's that? The Hawaii Civil Rights Commission. It takes jurisdiction, which means it takes over... See, it's not saying ju- it, the jurisdiction, that term doesn't seem to be used in the context of, um, like, landmass. Like how the pigs, the cops, will have a, a jurisdiction this area. I have this side of town. I have this county, a jurisdiction. But this doesn't sound like that. It sounds like a jurisdiction of, um, what is it, a situation of circumstance. Like, they take over this, unless it's a federally funded entity... And since HCRC is closed due to the pandemic, victims are advised to contact the Legal Aid Society of Hawaii. So, so due to COVID, these victims of this have lost an organization that they can contact because they're closed. But also, the landlords can they can help them pay the landlords or and put them on a bad guy database. These are the systems in place to help? Right? It's like that shit like, if this is your help, what does it look like when you want to hurt me? Well, I guess um, that's pretty much every other story we cover. Motherfuck. It's uh, 4.09 a.m. right now. Holy shit. Um, let's uh, dance it forward. Um, Ms. Jabola Corollis added, um, retaliation by a landlord for filing a complaint against him is illegal. If your landlord changes the locks or shuts off your utilities for complaining about his sexual predation, you can file a landlord-tenant TRO against your landlord, and the court will take these cases during the crisis. Please contact Legal Aid Society of Hawaii for help with retaliation. There are no income limits for their help when it comes to fair housing matters. So as long as the landlord doesn't have shit turned off, and that's assuming that they cover 
Because, util- like, utilities, gas, electric, water. I don't know what they do in Hawaii. We pay our electric and our gas. But would they? But they, we don't pay the water. So, like, if they shut that off, then there can be legal repercussions. But if they don't, and all they're doing is sexually harassing you, then they're okay. So, sexual harassment, good. But people should be sexually harassed with, you know, you know, a, 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 a cool glass of agua. You know, a nice frosty glass. Two cubes. Two cubes. Two cubes and a straw. Slice of lemon. You know? Maybe maybe a little squirt of that Mio. A little flavor. You know, a little tropical raspberry or whatever it is they got. I never... I just, I just pick out a bright color. I actually don't... Uh, I don't read them. <laughs> is what I'm saying out loud in front of people. Um, yeah. That's... So that's it. So if they just don't do that, the landlord is good. They'll either get to practice rape culture to the fullest extent of their liking, or um, or just get paid anyway. And then what? Like every year they get to raise the rent, however the fuck they want to. Oh shit! That's and this system is fucked, yo. And that's ninenews.com.au. All right, folks, this is WineCellarMedia.com. Um, I almost forgot that we have that GoFundMe up. I went and checked. There's 60 bucks on it. I should look about just cashing that out and closing that out now. Fuck that GoFundMe. I need to just kill that and um, we're put put everything toward um, this masking up and continuing to expand the wine cellar while masking up, right? So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and kill that. Um, again, uh we ordered more masks. You know what? Right here, live on the joint, I might as well uh, go take a look. Because they're not coming fast, right? But we are trying to get things to where they are flowing. So, like, as these are on the way, I'm just going to order more so that days later or, you know, like a week later, more show up. So, let me look at my orders. Uh-oh, it says, sorry, something went wrong. Go back to the homepage. I don't want to go back to the homepage. I want to I look at my orders. Can I do that part? I want to do the look at my orders part. <clears throat> Holy shit, is this application getting crashy on me? And we had to use um, Jeff Bezos' um, service, if you'll call it that. Yeah, it's saying that this package of um, do 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 of fifty is not supposed to arrive until May 20 fucking 8th. It's fucking April 14th now, right? So that is, yeah, that's not, but I'm assuming folks are probably still going to need masks as this shit is going to drag the fuck out. (laughs) It's going to go on for so fucking long. So folks probably still need masks, and even if it does die out, I mean, if you want a mask anyway, you know, hey, mask up. You know, we'll, we'll we'll send you the mask. Like, if we already have them, socialize them anyway. There are different reasons that people need masks, so let's send them out anyway, even if they're uh, even if those come in late and they're not needed. And then over here on the Etsy, I ordered, and Etsy tends to be individuals. I wonder if we should. No, no, I don't want to sell them. No, I definitely want to continue. I want to give them away. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to start a wine seller Etsy. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just um, collectivize and socialize. Yeah. All right, so let's take a look at the U purchases and reviews. And I went to um, a, a seller called Just ML Shop. Or that might be a capital I or a lowercase L. It might be Just My Shop. That would probably make more sense than Just ML Shop. They may have just put a capital I between all these uh, lowercase letters. So it looks like Just My Shop is who I purchased a pack of five washable cotton masks. And um, those were ordered April... Wait a second. Ordered on April 13th. I could have swore I ordered those a day before that. (laughs) And um, it says they are shipped. And it does not have a... um, a date for them to get there and i ordered them from joshua all right so those are on the way and then phoenix Cleater has the sewing machine and so uh yeah we can keep socializing masks and i think um i don't know i want to see how many masks we can get on hand before i go making a public post right i don't want to just blow up the spot making a public post without a lot of masks on hand ready for us to uh, start paying to ship out all right, so that's what we got going, and uh, you can hit that up at paypal.me slash phoenixandwilliam, and uh, you can just sign up monthly to support all the wine cellar efforts, right, beyond just this podcast shit, and I think that's why I need I need to post about what we're doing, or folks won't know, <laughs> so I, I do need to make sure that I'm continuously, at least daily, at least once a day, posting about wine cellar efforts and uh, wine cellar actions. Not to brag about it, like, look at how activist we are. You know, no, I don't want to be like that. But just, like, so folks know, like, if you're supporting, this is what's happening. This is the labor that's being done uh, in between shifts at the factory, <laughs> of course. And uh, so you can hit that up at uh, patreon.com slash Fund, And um, that right now is regularly um, around 400 bucks a month. And, uh, yeah, if we if we get that thing up to, like, 2000 a month, I, th- I would definitely, um, I would chop the factory job out. I would literally chop it out because there would be less costs, right? Because you have to look at, I'd have to look at it, like, if I get rid of the factory job, then it's like, whoa, you know, that's, that's uh, income padding. But then... We're saving gas and wear and tear on the car, driving to and from the factory. Um, Every year, I got to buy new work clothes. We're cutting out work clothes. I have to buy tools for different machines I work on, so we're cutting down on having to buy tools. You know, uh, yeah, shit like that. Um, Yeah, cutting out the factory would cut out the cost of having to work. Ain't that something in capitalism? You're getting paid to work, but there is a cost to have to work. No, oh, that's great. That's that's fucking outstanding. All right, folks, I should go ahead and um, upload this YouTube, Facebook, um, get a Patreon post going, and uh, we're gonna keep on dancing it forward. All right, for the folks that are tuned into the Patreon podcast, keep listening. We have more audio coming. For the folks that are checking out one of these videos or getting the regular podcast feed. Um, more shit is to come. Patreon only shit is uh, 
not really Patreon only. It's just early access. So what goes there if you're on a socialized feed and, you know, you uh, can't help the, uh, you know, you can't kick over. That's why, you know, some you will have folks collectivize and then we'll socialize the programming back out. Indeedly do, neighbor. PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William. Patreon.com slash Wine Cellar Media Fund. Please be as safe as possible wherever you're masked up. Zoom is trying to regain users' trust. Over the last few weeks, the video conferencing service became the go-to platform for business meetings, education, even weddings and funerals. Then hate groups started to weaponize the platform, bombarding people with racist and pornographic content. The FBI warned about Zoom bombing. Big school districts started to leave the platform, and now Zoom is scrambling to do damage control. We should mention that the company is a financial supporter of NPR. Zoom's founder and CEO, Eric Yuen, joins us now. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You know, so many tech platforms have dealt with trolls, racists, neo-Nazis, pornography. I could list them all, all the big ones. Shouldn't you have anticipated this? I never thought about this, seriously. And occasionally we had that over the past several years, and we have a team that we work together with a local you know, law enforcement like FBI. We never saw one reported that. But this is the time, just for the first week, there was too many. And it's totally unexpected. Part of Zoom's appeal has been that it is so easy to use. You don't have to download specific software. You don't have to have passwords or jump through hoops. Does that ease of access, which made it so appealing to so many, also make the platform more vulnerable to these attacks? Yes, that's right. Normally, you know, before this crisis, this service was used by business meetings. Meeting ID is unique. It's really hard to guess. For now, it's a lot of end users are using that now. Quite often, they might share the meeting ID to their social media. Without a password, for sure, you know, others can easily hack into that. Tell me about your relationship with law enforcement. Did you know that the FBI was going to issue a warning calling out your company by name? I would say this is, FBI can help. This is online crime. And mm-hmm. we are it is online excited. crime, yeah. Yeah, we are very excited to know FBI involved. Actually, this is great. As you know, a lot of people have said they're not going to use Zoom anymore. You've lost their trust. Entire school districts have banned the platform. Major technology firms are saying they just no longer trust Zoom. What is your message to them? We have lots of users. We have very large user base. You know, take the New York State the public school, for example. You know, our team is still working together with them. I think we have more users, more companies, you know, who are using Zoom now. I have to say, I I sort of expected you to say we're going to do whatever we need to to win back their trust. But it sounds like instead you're saying we're getting so many more customers all the time that we can afford to lose a few. No, no, that's not what I mean. I'm so sorry. One of my point is for any users who lost the trust, we do all we can to win the trust back. That is a given. But in addition to that, we also have a lot of users. We are working together with them for many, many years. They know actually, you know, our company has good intention. For those ones who do not use them anymore, we double down our effort. That's why we freeze everything next 90 days for privacy, no feature, right? Just focus on privacy, security. You're saying over the next 90 days, you're going to put these new features in place that will increase privacy. Yeah, no features, just privacy, security. We want to win all those users back. So what would you tell people who think Zoom is so accessible and easy to use, but might be resistant to use the kind of password protections that you're talking about, given that you've built your brand on the low barrier to entry? Do you think that barrier to entry now needs to be a little bit higher to keep people safer? 
That's a great question. You are so right. And when it comes to a conflict between usability and privacy and security, privacy and security is more important. Even you take two steps, three steps, I think we should do that. And for you as the founder of this company, is that a huge shift in the way you conceive of this platform that if it takes two or three steps to enter, it's okay as long as it makes it safer, even if that might drive some people away because it's inconvenient? If you asked me this question one year ago, I would hesitate to say yes. But now, absolutely yes. I think we want to do all we can to make sure people they feel safe to use our platform. And even at the cost of multiple clicks. Because whenever there's a conflict, there's no perfect you know, scenario. You've got to sacrifice something. From our perspective, we're going to transform our business to privacy and security first. Eric Yuan is the founder and CEO of the video meeting platform, Zoom. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. All right. So this um, audio clip here is uh, one that I actually did on the smartphone in the workplace with a coworker that has a family member that died um, after uh, uh, testing positive for the, uh, for the virus. And uh, so you get to hear me trying to do some hard-hitting journalism. Yeah, check out the interview style here. This is a... It's so good. Don't worry. We're both laughing at, at me together. We're all having a laugh at me together and my attempt at doing an interview on the spot with a very little amount of time to do it. <laughs> all right. And we're in winecellarmedia.com. Uh, this is damn near man on the street, right? Like, this is not in studio at all. And I'm, are you comfortable sharing your name? Yeah, Bryant. All right. This is uh, Bryant and... You had recently shared with me earlier that you, um, and you didn't even know that I do internet broadcasting, but here I am, and um, that you had a family member, and there's a horrific story that died, and it's coronavirus related to our understanding. Right. Yeah. Um, now, this, well, what, you said this was last week, Thursday. Yes. And you found out, like, when you went on break, lunch break, regular yes. break. Okay, and like, and you had to leave work early, and this person um, is an aunt of yours, to my yes. understanding, and they're in the city in, in Chicago. Yes, and you're out here in um, in the suburbs, right. <laughs> in the northern suburbs. Right. And so, like, over the past like two to four weeks, have you had contact with this with this family member? Um, no. Okay, so no, yeah, so most likely you haven't picked up at all. Right. Yeah, so so there's no concern there, but what I am concerned with with a, a lot of these um, stories with black people is um, other conditions that this individual may have had. Right. Yeah, like, what was there anything? Well, like, she had high blood pressure and diabetes. High blood pressure and diabetes. diabetes. So these could also be playing a role. Yeah, it, it played a major role. Yeah. Now, now I, I don't want to get all in folks' business, but, like, is, like, our were health care costs, like, an issue? Yeah, and so Especially help. for black people. Yeah. Because if we got a higher turnover of diabetes and high blood pressure in black African-Americans. Yes. So, yes. Oh, man. Now, that, that that is serious. So we do have that information. I don't want to go blowing up her name because that's, like, this is, like, a real serious case. And, like, right. but... You did share that. That is interesting. I will be adding this to the next episode of my uh, of my program. Mm -hmm. And uh, if if there are updates, I'll definitely contact you. You're right here in the workplace with me. All right. No All right. Problem. Thank you, sir. No problem. All right. WineStillerMedia.com. Just a few weeks ago, I'd never heard of Zoom. Then, as Americans began working from home, I heard of meetings held on Zoom. Eventually, some colleagues and I had lunch on Zoom. 
the video conferencing service is popular, and also we should disclose a funder of NPR about which we will nevertheless tell you the whole truth. The FBI is warning schools about using the software. New York's Attorney General is asking questions about its security and privacy. NPR tech correspondent Shannon Bond has more. Like many people, Dennis Johnson is doing a lot of things he would normally do in person over Zoom. Last week, that meant defending his doctoral dissertation via computer screen to a big audience. There's like over 40 people who are watching. They are my closest friends, family, and my classmates and my dissertation committee. Johnson is the first member of his family to graduate from college, let alone get a doctorate. He wanted to share the moment with them. He says he was in the middle of presenting when someone started drawing male genitalia on screen. And I'm like, whoa. And then I freeze and everyone who's watching the screen freezes. It got worse. The attacker scrawled a racial slur. And all of this was being broadcast to everyone on the Zoom call. Johnson was horrified. The organizers blocked everyone's screen until they could remove the intruder from the meeting. But he says they weren't able to identify who had done it. Johnson was shaken, but he managed to finish his presentation. Still, what should have been a triumphant celebration was ruined. The moment they tell me, congratulations, Dr. Dennis Johnson, and it's all over and I leave the Zoom meeting, everything sets in. Like, you want to talk about depression? I couldn't even, like, communicate. I had to just walk out my house and just walk because I didn't want to talk or see anybody. Johnson fell victim to a new form of harassment known as Zoom bombing. Intruders hijack video calls and post pornography and hate speech. They've disrupted an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting in New York, a Texas Sunday school, online classes at the University of Southern California. Here's Mayor David Anderson of Kalamazoo, Michigan, after a city meeting was attacked. If we're going to sit here as 100 people take advantage of this opportunity to anonymously, you know, spew some venom out there, I'm not going to be comfortable with that. With schools closed and millions of people working from home, Zoom is exploding. 200 million people use the app on a daily basis in March, up from just 10 million in December. And Zoom bombing is not the only problem the company is grappling with as it adjusts to its new popularity. Things you just would like to have in a chat and video application, strong encryption, strong privacy controls, strong security, just seem to be completely missing. Patrick Wardle is a security researcher. He and others have turned up flaws in Zoom software that could let hackers spy through the computer's webcam or microphone. There are also concerns about privacy. The website Motherboard found Zoom was sharing data with Facebook, even on people who aren't Facebook users. The company says that was a mistake, but it's now facing a class action lawsuit. Wardle says Zoom may be easy to use, but he's wary of its track record. I really believe that. It's just this product was was designed to prioritize things other than privacy and security. Zoom CEO Eric Yuen wrote a blog post this week apologizing for falling short. He says the company is freezing work on new features to focus on fixing its privacy and security problems. Shannon Bond, NPR News, San Francisco. Okay, so... Feminist uprising uh, to resist um, inequality and exploitation. The folks over there at Fury, and uh, that's um, with Chelsea Springler and those folks. All right, that came on the program before. They have a book club, all right, and they have a uh, part one and part two of the book club. And uh, part one is April 25th, 8 p.m. And part two is uh, May 9th, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on both of those. 
And it's, um, to my understanding, a social distancing um, book club here. Let's take a look at some of the details. This is a Facebook event I shared to the Wine Cellar page from um, from uh, Fury. So their details is um, join Fury and the Proletarian Witches Cauldron uh, together for our online book club where we are discussing Cora, Cora Ghidorah. I don't know that word. Uh, Cora Ghidorah by Gail Jones. And it says, let's beat, uh, let's beat quarantine together through our virtual community. All right. And they have a link to a PDF. Uh, I myself, I went and grabbed an, um, an audio book because I, I move around a lot. And um, so for the part one, they're going to be discussing the first half uh, through page 97, right before the italics began, talking about the uh, PDF file. And sessions will be recorded and made available for those who can't attend live. Um, logistics. Uh, they'll be using a Cisco WebEx. All right. C-I-S-C-O-W-E-B-E-X for the group video call. And uh, you can go to the site on a desktop or or download the free application for your smart uh, phone or tablet. And no account is required uh, but you are welcome to make one. So I need to um, get a hold of that. My gosh darn self. It's the 15th. Have 10 days. Um, me, Yeah, I'm playing the audio book. So I can try to listen a couple times. I probably won't uh, be too heavy in discussion. Because I don't, I'm, I don't really know fiction that well. Right? Like you put some fiction in front of me. I don't really know. Like, okay, so is this a good one? Somebody tell me what I'm supposed to think. <laughs> Oh, no, I'll turn into a little bootlicker. Oh, Jesus Christ. What should my opinion be, boss? <laughs> um, And so, yeah, that's how they're going to meet up. Um, And they do have the links here. There is a call access. The, uh, the meeting number is 628-750-89. Oh, 864. Forget that I said that nine part. And their password to get in is um, international20, all lowercase, all one word. All right, so, um, yeah, this this is uh, going to be a grand old time, all right? Folks are going to be uh, book clubbing, and I will be in attendance. They'll be recording. I'll, uh, I'll see if they want me to pull a recording on my end. You know, hell, backup files are always uh, useful. I was featured on someone's program, and their recording went to crap, and we did not make a backup file. It was embarrassing. So, uh, yeah, we can always do that. And, hell, then we can uh, clip out segments if they want that shit. Yeah, fucking clip out segments. See if um if Chelsea Springlar wants to be a regular podcaster, right? Maybe uh, maybe once every uh, two weeks, right? Bi-weekly program? Weekly program? Who knows? All right. I know that nigga's busy, though, with um self-defense classes and all kind of shit I get. All right. Um... Now that I finally have this thing recording, I've been going through holy hell trying to get this done this morning. It's 3.03 a.m. now. I like this is the time at which I should be wrapping up, <laughs> right? Um, so let's go uh, running off over to the things we care about, the things in um, in the little Facebook saved. Skip de flippy jibby doo. There we be, matey. Oh, that's the um, 
All right, one of them. It, it's it's a funny one. It's the um, the Hard Times One of those um, they do the the satirical business, and it's an image of Chuck Schumer, and it says moderate Democrats suggest working with coronavirus to uh, to find common ground. Ugh, they would. Uh, New York Times. I got this one. Um, from uh, Shannon Loco on the Face Boost. Yeah, this is coming off of the New York Times. And uh, right now, you don't have to have a subscription for their coronavirus news. That's all uh, free. And um, this one says, uh, the global coronavirus uh, uh, the global coronavirus crisis is poised to get much, much worse. And it's by the editorial board at the New York Times, published on April 13th. All right, um... And so they say that uh, in some places in the United States and other developed countries hit hard by COVID-19, the question is, when might it become possible for us to start getting back to work? All right. So they open up asking that question and moving forward with the article. They're saying that so far, the most vulnerable regions have reportedly um, uh, have reported comparatively few cases, one in Yemen, a smattering across Africa and the Middle East, but may be partly a function of unreliable reporting or deliberate denial. The numbers are growing. And as the world has learned, they are likely to swell radically and swiftly. Right. um, At my job, uh, someone on first shift uh, tested positive. (laughs) <laughs> for coronavirus all right and um also since i started recording the first half of uh this uh podcast episode that the video part that went up on the youtube and whatnot um yeah another per- yeah person on first shift at my job uh tested pause uh more people at my job are taking time off they're uh paying us a little extra you know two dollars <laughs> extra all right, so to, you know, it may take myself down to the ice cream parlor with my number one gal, Phoenix Kalita. Oh, maybe we'll get a sherbet. <laughs> yeah, so they're paying us two dollars uh, more um, to come in because so many people are taking time off. Uh, this New York Times article moves forward, and they're saying that the. Um, the dramatic economic slowdown already underway will disrupt trade flows and create unemployment that will do damage at levels that are hard to forecast and grim to contemplate. For a sense of the scale of the plight of some developing nations, consider one of the most critical pieces of medical equipment used in treatment, the ventilator. The United States has some 160,000 ventilators, uh, according to one estimate. Sierra, Le- Sierra Leone has 13, South Sudan has 4, Central African Republic has 3, in Venezuela, uh, um, in Venezuela, where 90% of the hospitals face shortages, there are 84 intensive care unit beds for a population of 32 million. Things are not looking well. <laughs> Uh, they dance it forward a little bit more in this article on the New York Times by the editorial staff. Uh, 
in the uh, United States and Europe, governments and businesses have been able to pay money, uh, furlough, have been able to pay many furloughed workers at least part of their salaries, and others are eligible for unemployment benefits. But billions of people in Africa, Latin America, South Asia um, have no safety net and no savings. The United Nations has warned that income loss in developing countries could exceed $220 billion. Now, I'm supposed to be concerned that income losses could be $220 billion. Pratt? All right. Well, let's just go on to the old, uh, I think they call it the Google machine. Let's head on over there. Let's type in uh, richest person on earth. Right. That ought to bring up some search terms there. Richest poison on oif. There we are. And search it up. Really, Bill fucking Gates, huh? That's the uh, that's the number one motherfucker. The sixteenth time. Well, show me the number. How much? Yeah, how much money, nigga? Uh, how much? money. Yeah, I don't want to see a whole article about them. Hold the fuck up. Okay, so it says 2019, number one, Jeff Bezos, $131 billion in the hands of one person. Bill Gates, $96.5 billion. Now, what did this New York Times article tell me? Hold on. Hold the hell on. It told me that the income loss in developing countries could exceed $220 billion. Now wait, Now, wait the hell on there. Now, listen here. Now, I'm no mathologist. But it looks to me like if you got yourself 130 and you add 90 to it, you got 220 right there. Why do billionaires need to exist? If you were to take that from them and then split the difference between them evenly, they still both have more than a billion, which is a thousand million. And then there's Warren Buffett at 82.5 billion, some nigga named Bernard Arnold at 76 billion. What are you fucking shitting me? Shit, collectivize it from them niggas. Fuck they need it for. Are they hungry? Are they saving up for an emergency? What the f- they have some medical debt we don't know about? They got student loan debt? I mean, that must be how they got so rich. They learned so much. That's probably why they, they have to be billionaires because they have so much student loan debt to have learned so much, to have been able to work so hard and produce so much. That's got to be it, right? Ah, it's got to be fucking it. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that, that that's fun stuff. Okay, let's uh take it back to the old uh face booze here. Skibby flippy do. Um Angela Davis uh looks like Angela Davis was on a uh, Democracy Now with Amy Goodman and them folks. And um 
boop-a-doop-a-doop. This is actually, this is from March 28th, all right? This is a little backdated. And in Women's History Month special, uh, speaker, author, uh, activist, and scholar Angela Davis, uh, for more than four decades, um, has been one of the most influential activists and intellectuals in the United States and an icon of the 1970s. I think folks know a lot of these things, <laughs> right? All right, um, but uh, let's get here. Davis talks about the fascist appeal of Donald Trump and explains why she is not officially endorsing any candidate in the election. Quote, I believe in identity politics. I still think that we need a new party, a party that is grounded in labor, a party that can speak to all of the issues around racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, what is happening in the world. We don't have that party. All right. So identity politics that includes the folks that identify as fucking broke, <laughs> right? Like shit, man. We're going th- trying to fucking collectivize and uh, get these masks. And um, I think uh, since between um when I first started recording, I think uh, like thirty six hours ago, and then recording now it's three twelve a.m. I went on the Etsy and placed uh, opening up the Etsy application. Just keep keeping you folks updated because uh, folks are contributing to this. So let you know where we're doing what. So let's go to the U part purchases and reviews. All right. So we ordered um, uh, three items from this one. And they're uh, 22 each came to 66, uh, 70 and change after it all comes together. And there are four packs, all right? So uh, three packs of four. So 12 masks are coming in that we're going to go ahead and um, and socialize out to some comrades. When they start rolling in, and uh, Phoenix Leader, I think, has completed about two masks uh, sewed. Uh, yeah, once these masks come in and we have some on hand, I'll actually go ahead and make a public post. Been wary of making a public post, but I think we have the rhythm, the capacity now. That we can go ahead and make a public post and let folks know that we are um, collectivizing efforts and socializing masks. We also have the P.O. box now. Holy shit, that's right. We'll actually, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and head toward closing on this. So P.O. box, Wine Cellar Media, 847S Randall Road, box Hashtag 400, that's number 400, Elgin, Illinois, 60123. So yes, we have a P.O. box now, uh, funded by the Wine Cellar Media Fund. And um, yeah, so now folks can uh, send the mask. That is our safe address inside a um, inside a, a UPS store. So I guess it's not a P.O. box. It's like privatized, isn't it? Huh. Alright, well, yeah, that that that's what we have. I think Phoenix Kalita went and got that. She got the um, keys, and uh, so, damn, yeah, that's a thing we have now. So folks can send that there, and I'll go ahead and update that in our bios and everything as we go into this weekend. It's Wednesday now, <clears throat> so yeah, we uh we fucking have that. That is uh interesting stuff. All right, and whew. Let's take a dance over here real quick. This article is from April 10th, uh, Huffington, Puffington Post. Uh, this will be the last thing, and I need to um, try to upload this quickly and get the heck darn out of here and go do this um, long day shift, right? 
fucking Wednesday is the long day in the factory for me. Uh, this is about uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida and is talking about reopening Florida schools and says that coronavirus does not threaten children. All right. So DeSantis delayed imposing the statewide stay at home order and included loopholes that allow many businesses and churches to remain open Uh, also told an education roundtable with teachers, parents, and government officials that he likes the idea of sending students back to classes before the school year ends in May. He made the remarks on Thursday. Says, uh, we're going to look at the evidence and make a decision. If it's safe, we want kids to be in school even if it's for a couple of weeks. That's right, because in Florida schools, they yeah, they don't end in June. They end in May, and they start in August, right? Like, I grew up in Washington State, right, where, um, yeah, school ended mid to late June, right? Like, June 15th just became, like, so normal. I think on most of the West Coast in general, like, I even remember in a SIBO song from 1995, a hot sunny day, the, 5th, the 14th of June, he said the 14th, yeah, man, like that was that was around that time. Like we knew, man, it's summertime, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, and uh, and we went back uh, early September. I think uh, the first one that I clearly remember was uh, September seventh. I think that was um, second grade in uh, Mrs. Judy Henning's class. Uh, she was a dope teacher. What kind of tangent is that? Uh, pro uh, pro education tangent. We need folks like Becker Loco out there. Um, so this continues from the Huffington Puffington Post. Uh, more quotes from uh, DeSantis, uh, the don't monkey this up governor. Uh, this particular pandemic is one where I don't think nationwide there's been a single fatality under 25. For whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to threaten, you know, kids. So the writers of the article um, pause that and say that is incorrect with a hyperlink. While the disease does pose a bigger threat to other age groups, at least eight young people with a hyperlink, one baby, one person aged 1 to 4, and six people aged 15 to 24 have died from COVID-19. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, you may have heard of them. They are called the CDC. And no, that's not the compact disc carousel, right? We've all thought those were pretty neat going into the 2000s. This CD player holds 100 CDs. What? Um, DeSantis also ignored the likelihood that many children have mild or undetected cases of the virus and are infecting their parents, teachers, or anyone else they come in contact with. But he insists, yet he insisted, if you're younger, it just hasn't had an impact. So that should factor into how we're viewing this. I think the data on that has been 100% consistent. So, if they go back, spread it around the schools, and then the kids take it home, And then the parents get it, and the parents are essential workers, and they take it to work. (laughs) And it 
gets on the customer and the customer takes it home where they might have essential workers in their house as well. Ah, well, ah, fuck it. They got to go back and they go give it to their fucking co-workers. And it's also the summer. And you saw how they were about spring break. Well, this is the summer in Florida. Meanwhile, in Florida, holy shit. And isn't Florida also kind of have that reputation for where folks like to retire? Old folks. So, uh, yeah, this is, um, it's going to get Ugmo. All right, um. Let's dance it forward and get to this bullet point list here. The governor showed what he thinks of protective measures again on Wednesday when he wore one glove during a press briefing and repeatedly touched his face with his bare hand. Um, Bullet list. Stay up to date with the live blog as they cover uh, what you need to know about face masks right now. How long are asymptomatic carriers contagious? If you lost your job due to coronavirus, here's what you need to know. And that's just for uh, the Huffington Puffington Post trying to help folks out during uh, coronial times. All right, folks, winesellermedia.com, uh, paypal.me slash Phoenix and William. We are socializing the masks. We have our groceries. We're eating. Um, the wine, the $300 a year bill for the website paid. Um, the $7.99 a year bill for the hosting paid. Um, we are at the middle of the month, so we're going toward the um, the podcast, uh, you know, the hosting bill and uh, broadcasting bill for the regular wine seller media, the bill for uh, Swapcast um, uh, uploading and, uh, and posting, having all that space to use. You know, the, the, the bills, you know, those are getting knocked out easy done and then beyond that we're just gonna take the shit forward and uh and use it to get more masks right and then um tomorrow i'll order more because i want them coming in staggered i want them moving in right like before i went to this uh factory work i was an inventory guy right i know inventory that gummit <laughs> so i know man I, I i know how to keep a flow like i want to get it to where I'm ordering twice a week. I'm a twice a week inventory motherfucker, right? I am a Wednesday and Saturday inventory. You know what? Yeah, that's that's what I came up on. I think that's what I'll keep doing. I know how to do that. And other items, you know what? Like fuck it, like folks need um you know, folks that 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 get that that get the the menstrual game popping, you know what I'm saying? Um if niggas need that shit, we I've, we get that shit. That's you know that shit should be in the store. Go cop a couple of couple of boxes of them joints. Fuck it, get a fucking Costco card. Fuck it, cop them wholesale. Cop them wholesale. Socialize them. What else y'all niggas need? Y'all niggas need goggles. What's up? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we have a fucking PO box. People have, people make. What you make? You make a uh, soap. Fiends Cleaner makes soap, but she's doing masks right now. You make soap. We'll socialize that shit. Let us know you have a clean workstation we'll hook it up shit can we get portable chargers out to folks let me know what yeah what do you need what do your folks need are you class comrades are you in need are you hurting right now nigga hit me up i'm on the facebook william j jackson god damn it why am i yelling at you all right fuck it <laughs> please motherfuckers be as safe as possible wherever you fucking find yourself
nigga. 